to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Stale Popcorn and Movie Reruns. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, October 11th in the year 2022. Tonight we're just going to do a kind of a mashup of a lot of things as we look over the last couple of years of events to pull some pieces together and yes it is stale popcorn and old movies man because the the game just keeps going round and round and round and we got to kind of be honest with where that is because it's not getting exciting it's getting boring at this point in time patriots with that in mind we need to also ensure that we get our good night's sleep and to get a good night's sleep you need great products to do that and to get great products to do that we have the best place around, which is MyPillow.com. Here's a message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank you for your continued support by bringing you the biggest bath sale ever. Get my six-piece towel sets for the lowest price ever, only $39.96. His and her bathrobes, 50% off. Bath mats for as low as $17.49. And I'm also excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. And now they come in even more colors and wide sizes. They're made with the same great patented technology. And yes, you'll still save $90 a pair. So get the biggest savings ever on bath sheets, bath mats, washcloths, hand towels, bathrobes, slippers, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow bath products, including our six-piece towel sets, regular $89.98, now only $39.96. Get all your shopping in while quantities last, so please order now. You betcha. That's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And your promo code is BARDS, and you can talk to a real person if you want to at 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939 to get great savings on so many great products you just won't know what to do. And, of course, Mike just keeps feeding his hard-earned capital into saving this nation, and he's still the only one that talks about getting us back to 2020 as everyone else is trying to pull the wool over your eyes and tell you that 2022 is going to go on as whatever it's going to do. So I think where we'll begin tonight is a, a piece that's it's just what we expected, but it's so much important for normies to hear this. And if you are new to the channel and you have are wondering, which way should I turn? I guess we'll start by introducing you that this channel is all about faith and knowledge we're always going to tell you to put your eyes on Jesus, but in the most important part of this, we're going to put you right in the middle of truth, whether it makes you comfortable or not. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. 
Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Small, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. Yeah, just like that. Help your neighbor as long as the deep state tells you to. In other words, don't trust anyone in the deep state. So, Patriots, let's roll back a little bit. Let's kind of look at events that they happen, and we're going to go back to the beginning of the COVID crisis. And really what we're going to, I think we're going to have to look at is the responsibility of where we, the people, sit in all of this. And it's not an easy one. Those that have not taken the shot who have held steadfast on this place, you're going to feel very comfortable. Those that have took the shot, this is going to make you feel very uncomfortable. But the only way to get through this is to be honest. And the only way you can live in this world these days is with honesty and truth. So let's roll back. So we go back to COVID comes into the country. Well, we still have a question of, which we will have a question of until we get it addressed by President Trump is why he signed the EO in September of 2019 to accelerate vaccine development before COVID was ever known. And I'm not going to put conjecture on that, though we do know that he was getting some bad advice, but it remains a question mark that we have to answer at some point. It has to be answered. COVID appears somewhere around December, January, and with it, a lot of videos start to pop out of China. And again, foolish thinking, willful acceptance of fear take over the mindset of a large percentage of the public, especially people that were in the information truth movement as they started to dig in and go, look at these videos. No one ever asked the question how the videos got out of China. Just like today, no one is asking the question who's filming the videos in the Chinese internment COVID camps. China is the most strict country in the world for information access. And yet these videos of people flopping around on the ground like they were a fish out of water suddenly started trickling out of China. We've also never resolved the question of why there were 10 million cell phones that went silent in China, nor have we ever put together the true pieces or at least dug in, might have other researchers dig into the fact 
that Wuhan, which is where apparently they set up the U.S.-funded lab, be very clear about this because Harvard is tied to this, and the Fochi money. So where is it that anyone's discussed that Wuhan had been the capital under Mao, the southern capital for the nationalists as Mao took over the northern part of the country? And why that's important is that the Chinese nationalists are the ones who started Taiwan. They moved out of Wuhan and they went to Taiwan. And we also are pretty sure now that there's about 1,050 bioweapons labs in Taiwan, which, of course, no one knew at that time. And when Trump was saying China, C-H-Y-N-A, we also now have discovered that there was a city in Ukraine by the name of China, something or other, C-H-Y-N-A, that had a bioweapon lab in it. So the question of really where we sit with the actual participation of Wuhan is questionable. What we have confirmed since then is that the U.S. had its fingers deep in the pot of bioweapons development. I can tell you personally that I have confirmed that the scenario which we have rolled under, which was to create a flu that was an accelerated or enhanced effects of a flu, and the real delivery mechanism was the shot, that concept was devised and briefed as a threat to the United States or a potential threat at Fort Detrick in the late 90s. So I need you to understand all of this picture that we're looking at that came as a surprise to the public. The military had a pretty good handle on well before, and yet little was done. What we then see is as this rolls out, President Trump does a lot of very solid proactive things, seals the borders. We have the timing of the release of COVID parallels with the impeachment vote that happens in the Senate as Nancy Pelosi and her minions of lizard heads walked that, if you remember, very graciously walked. (laughs) Graciously. A lizard doesn't walk graciously. Anyway, very formally walks that impeachment document up to the sentence, a, a sentence, the Senate. And then they, of course, they have the vote and President Trump is exonerated which is all garbage. It was just smoke and mirrors. We move then to April. We haven't really seen any major mask push. The issue of COVID has been dying down in the media. President Trump brings in in his daily briefings, and if you remember, he was having daily briefings on COVID. President Trump brings in the director of science and technology for DHS. And in that briefing, several things are said which were intended to dis, to dissuade people from having fear. At this time as well, President Trump is teaching, taking HCQ, which has been told to be this, you know, it's, you can't take that, it's not for this, and yet he was. And the Director of Science and Technology presents a couple of critical things. One, sunlight kills any virus, so there's no concern for the virus spreading through the summer. Number two, we have that, They are working on light therapy, which was a process of exposing a person's blood by circulating it up through a UV light and back into their body as a way to purify the blood and cure them of any infection. Which And you don't need to do the whole blood. You just need to do a little bit, and then it moves through the body. And the third part was chlorine dioxide as a cure, in which, of course, the media said they made mockery of it 
said that Trump was trying to use a flashlight and things like this to cure COVID and that they was trying to encourage people to drink bleach. Since then, what we have learned, our knowledge at this point of alternative cures was minimal, but President Trump and his actions sparked an entire awareness outside of the big pharma model, which has led to the great minds like Dr. Lee Merritt, Ben Tapper, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. We could go on a list. Dr. Carrie Madej. We've had these people on the show, Dr. Larry Pilevsky, Mike Adams. We've seen amazing minds coming in and using labs to prove this. Dr. Eric Naputi, all these different people moving in since that point in time and inspired to try to provide alternate non-pharmakia, which is a witchcraft term, pharmakia solutions. But the problem is that in April... Even though President Trump has told the nation for five years the enemy, the, the enemy of the people is the media, the media revolted against his true solution because it would have solved the entire issue of COVID, and their plan to roll out an injection would have been, would have been foiled. And unfortunately, the mass of media-obedient idiots out here went along with the mask fear and so began the real war for the saving of as many people as we could, which got very vicious. I was well known on Twitter to tell people that if you wore the mask, you were going to take a shot when the vax came out. And even the idea that the vax was deadly, a large chunk of the Q movement and Patriot movement denounced it, saying that's not true. Trump would never do that. It's going to be HCQ. We've since learned that all of that is garbage, that it was truly a vax. And the evidence was there. But I also had privilege of having worked in, or having worked around the labs where transhumanism was being developed, and I knew what was coming. It was very evident that they were going to tro- use this opportunity to roll out their transhumanist agenda, which they have continued to do. All right. So as we move forward, then President Trump, is there critical moments? I'm just trying to get a picture of where we are here. President Trump has his rally on 4th of July, but on J- July 3rd, he stands at the foot of Mount Rushmore and he tells the people it's time to stand up and be heard. And unfortunately, the majority of the reaction was the same that it even perpe- perpetuates today, which is, yes, Mr. President, we will. When are you going to fix the country for us? As a whole, If we do an assessment of MAGA and we do an assessment of what has happened is that we still have a large movement that keeps idolizing or putting President Trump in an idolatry role of looking to him to fix it for us. This is more of a mass psychosis problem than it is anything else because we haven't had enough people break off yet to take independent action. So as we move forward, we see the increasing, we start seeing states using lockdowns. We start hearing the, the threats of being penalized if you don't comply. All of these things are happening. And what we see now is how few Americans are really able and willing to stand up to it and lead on those lists of heroes are two women. One is in Dallas, Texas, who has a salon. The other is in Salem, Oregon, that has a salon. And then two men one who has a gym up in New Jersey, and the other who had a tattoo parlor, I believe it was in North Carolina. And they stood up to the state at the risk of of being arrested. And, of course, at this, through these next coming months 
And as we roll out, we start to see the despicable behavior of our police and men in blue who obeyed laws that were illegal instead of putting their attention to the, the Constitution. And so as a whole body of police, and you own this, every one of you in uniform, you did not clean your own ranks because you always like to say that you're men in blue and you want to keep that internal. You did not clean your ranks, and instead you allowed these tyrants within your ranks to arrest people and punish people unjustly. We had one here in my own hometown. It was the chief of police who turned in a local restaurant because they were not complying to what he thought they should do. He turned them into OSHA after the sheriff had already told the entire county he was not going to enforce. They were simply going to educate. That We have not heard a word from our chief, chief of police since other than he told the sheriff that he couldn't believe how angry the community was. The community would like to see him drummed out, and I'd be happy to see it. So I just so I'm clear, just my own personal piece here, what we've learned and what I feel we've got a glimpse of is that we have too many police officers in this nation that are more committed to their union than they are to the Constitution, and that has to change. But side note, so we're going to move forward. So in the process now, we've got this COVID con going on. We have the, the pandemic, the fear porn being pumped by the media. In their face of the people, we have the data. And the data is very clear. It's 98.5 or 3% at the worst rate of survival. And the upper rate of survival is about 99.5%. And yet, every night, the media uses the same tool, and that is to list, here we have one more death. We have one more death. And, of course, they replay these stupid videos that are done by Chinese intelligence or the CIA or something that are showing, like, look at what happens, and people are flopping around like a fish out of water. People are so weak and so unconscious and so tied to the brain box, the brain programming box, they obey. We have governors that we we later learned, many of which had not even been in their office for over two years, like Gretchen, the the witch, that were dictating orders down and telling people to do things. And literally, people were obeying without having anybody in their face. We have local precincts obeying. And a lot of what was going on behind the scenes, we have since learned, is there was tons of money, COVID money, being dropped down from above, meaning federal government. And this really amped up under Biden, telling them that you can get these million dollars here at the school district, but to do that, you're going to have to enforce mask and vaccine policies. And so what we really gained out of this process leading into the election was the illusion of a of a country that was supposed to be kind of a republic with an inf- with a corrupt base we realized that it was a corrupt mafia that was running this land and that the idea of a republic was actually a fiction we vote on November 20 on November 4th 3rd I'm excuse me 3rd and as we turn the corner of November 3rd we know that we get to the nighttime we have, we're all amped up. We have this idea that the military is going to intercede. It's going to make sure that our elections are secure. We've been told the elections are secure. And what we witness then is a complete clown show on every level. Because right in our face, they stuff it down our throat and they make a decision. Those in power that Trump will not be president and they take the presidency from him. And over the coming months, this leads us 
through the process of the electors and Congress confirming Biden. And with that, we get Pence, who everyone says is betrays us. And I, as far as I'm concerned, in the research I've done, Pence has got some dubious activities that lead him very suspiciously to things that look a whole lot like pedophile activity. Never liked Pence from the day one when he went into office, never trusted him, and I never will. So we get to January 6th, and President Trump calls people to D.C. People come to make us to be there to protect the nation. Now, I have not talked much about January 6th, and I just want to make a caveat here, and this will be tomorrow night. I had Dave Sumrall on I just interviewed him before the show. He's going to be on tomorrow night's show. And he did Bloody Hill, which he did with Wano Saban, and he's done another show or another movie. And Patriots, I'm going to be honest. I've been very cautious about January 6th because I haven't been able to discern who's the good guys and who's the bad guys in this prison situation. And Dave's made a solid case for me to say this is probably one of the worst cases of hostage holding we've ever seen in the history of the world. Because there's 900 plus people being held in the D.C. Gulag, being denied rights, all under the Patriot Act, which if you have any questions of whether our Constitution is in effect, the answer is it is dead. So let's be clear, and we'll get into all that tomorrow night. So January 6th happens, and in the process of the FBI and other agencies, they implant people inside And they use the event to stimulate a response that photographically, if you compare it, looks very much like the toppling of the Weimar Republic. So they use that imagery to try to promote the idea of Nazis and try to disparage everything related to MAGA and to try to to entrap President Trump in this process and in so doing can get him to where he can be charged with treason or sedition. That's still playing out. And, of course, then we have these strange anomalies that happen, like the White House door is locked, the Bidens can't get in. We, we, there's the, and what follows, that's on the 20th when they have this fake inauguration that's been pre-recorded with all sorts of strange anomalies like Obama vanishing and, and like, digitally vanishing and coming back to life. <laughs> and, the, and, of course, the left believes it and the world believes it, and all of us out here on this side standing here looking at this and like out to outside looking in or going, are you are serious? Like you believe that garbage and they're like, yes. And so begins this period of about three months, which I was a part of where we really couldn't wrap our head around the idea that Trump would be out. And we really thought that there would be an, a, an overturning of the election process because I don't think any of us at this point had grasped the magnitude of the corruption and the destruction that had occurred long ago to our Republic. And there was kind of this anticipation that Trump would be back in office. We thought the DHS that we had actually tagged a lot of the voter ballots and that there was going to be like a military step in that was going to take care of this problem. And none of that happened. We've learned a lot more since then. We've learned a lot more like the functions of the law of war, which needed to give the occupiers a year. Apparently, we're under law of war now, and I've been reading about law of war, and it looks that way. Uh, just as a footnote, for those of you that follow devolution, I think devolution's interesting, but I can guarantee you it is not accurate to the level that they say it is because it doesn't work exactly like that, though it does have some 
things to learn and to be insightful with, but devolution isn't exactly as it works the way they say. So that said, there is a lot of, I think there's a lot of clown antics that go on on both sides at this point in time. And there's a lot of, you have the, the disparaging of President Trump by General Flynn and Patrick Byrne, angry at him, calling, saying that he didn't do the right thing by installing the Patriot Act. I, I think a lot of this was done for show. And, I, and it, unfortunately, I think the side effect of it is it confused and, and broke up a lot of the Patriot movement. The biggest thing going on at that point in time was the injection. And this is where the bioweapon injection gets to be really dark because one of the things that I've been very candid about on this show is and very open about is my absolute objection to President Trump ever endorsing that shot up until November. I could see why he had to roll out the shot. And the shot that had to be rolled out was it was a necessity because the base a percentage, a good percentage of the Patriot base was not going to vote for him unless he delivered a vaccine. And to this day, it, it angers me. I will be blunt because I really thought that the Patriot movement was smarter than that and more and stronger than that. But what we learned as a large percentage of this public was so deeply brainwashed and indoctrinated into fear and the vaccine and the worship of pharmacia that they were caught into the black magic spells that they were definitely doing. Now, let me highlight that because I didn't say that lightly or offhandedly. These people were on a full, and you can track it, these people were on a full rampant blood sacrifice and pulling all sorts of black magic garbage going on leading up to the release of that vax. The one thing that President Trump did do that was unbelievable and very, and it's going to show up as we finish through this tonight, he accelerated their plan to such a degree, and he used Johnson & Johnson to do it. And they were the first ones to come forward. If you remember, he also tried to get an alternative to another manufacturer to produce HCQ, because if you remember at that time, HCQ plants were magically burning down across the, across the world, just like food processing plants today are magically combusting. And so he tried to get Kodak, and why do I know this so well? Because I actually bought like $1,000 in Kodak stock just to see what it would do. And Kodak stock didn't grow because Pfizer and Moderna went after them aggressively in a lawsuit. And instead of growing, because that was the expectation that Kodak would deliver an alternative to HCQ, Kodak imploded and it went the other way. That stock, by the way, in four weeks went from 1000 to $280, my, my value. So you have that there. So obviously they didn't want HCQ out. And the more that we've learned, we've begun very educated as to why they didn't want HCQ and ivermectin. And this vax was the, was the holy grail because once they get people, and we knew it if we were paying attention and, and you know it was being talked about here before the, a lot of the mainstream was moving to, to it, our mainstream alternative media, was the idea that once they got you hooked on a vax, they were going to get you hooked on vaxes for life. It was all being shown in the film. They were preconditioning people to do it, and they had the fear porn going like crazy. The other part of this that I've since found out, which is a very sad statement towards the effect of fear, is there was a good percentage of the Q movement that had been well-primed and trained to create a meme war that could have been very effective in 
waking people up and saving lives. There was a significant percentage of those, and I don't have exact numbers, that took the vax themselves. So they went quiet, and they did not become part of the active fight. But what we saw out of this and come out of this, which was so amazing, is it was many of the people that were fringe to Q or not Q at all, they were just truth seekers and aggressive and fearless. And the one centerpiece to all of that is that almost every single one of those people had Jesus in their heart and they fought and they fought and they fought with information. And we did, and we continued to push through. And we started to see some major breakthroughs as we, I mean, at least information expansion on this as the war against us from the social media side was just waged ruthlessly and we continued to prevail and and circumvent it. So as we head then into that 2021, I mean, we're two years into this now, and 2022 phase, what we see is this acceleration of the push of the injection. We see more lockdowns. We see that they're trying to squeeze people, but because it's been an emergency use authorization, they can't require it. They can't mandate it. And so their only way out of that is to try to get it mandated for children, which is what they're still fighting to do which would have given them a backdoor or will give them a backdoor to mandate it for everybody. President Trump continues to promote the vax long past the November point and even gets fairly fairly aggressive with his statement when he's in a a conference or a get-together with O'Reilly when a group of people come forward and they say, they say we're again. They boo him on the vax, and he just literally turns around and says, "No, no, no, none of that from you. None of that. You need to take the vax." And he goes on further to say that he would never have mandated it, but he would persuade and convince people to take it. These statements remain as an outlier, as a, something that needs to be justified and needs to be explained, because sadly, President Trump, who has a mass amount of influence, has affected people to take the vax, and. The vax, as we knew and know firsthand now, is killing people. So if that makes you uncomfortable because you are a very diehard Trump supporter, tough. That's reality. That's truth. Now, what I can say is this, and this is, this is hard. This is really to the heart of it. There is a scene, I've, I've used this reference before, and it was from Star Trek, and it was called the Kobayashi Maru scenario. And I reference it because this is Kobayashi Maru's scenario in this story, which was the test that Captain Kirk or every captain had to take before they take hold of a ship in this science fiction story, was a no-win scenario. And in the no-win scenario, no matter what you did, they just wanted to see how you navigated through it, but it was literally no-win. The reason that Kirk ends up winning the scenario is he hacks the system, and in so doing, he gets what he needs, right? He gets through it. Well, all right. This is where there is a bit of a hack that's been done on a larger level. And I don't know whether, and I'm I'm really going to tell you honestly, Patriots, because I'm I'm not going to always do this thing that Trump's a stable genius. I know he's a smart guy. He is a man. And I think that some of this has been just good, his orientation towards building business and trying to do the right thing for people. I know that he was ill-advised, but not everything works perfectly in a plan. It looks like that sometimes, but we're in really God's plan, and there's a lot of things happening. 
And as we look backwards on things, it's easier, easier for us to write a story, but we still have a lot of anomalies. So this whole issue of President Trump promoting the vax, there is something that really no one talks about, but it's a very important principle to understand. And it's called sentiment analysis. Sentiment analysis. And I've done a lot of this. And I did it when I was with Department of Defense. Now, here's what happens. When you do sentiment analysis, what you're looking at are the, what we call qualitative data. It's the things that reflect our emotional state of things. They give us indication on cultural trends. They give us indication on how we feel about things. It gives us indications on why we do things. That's sentiment analysis. And you use it a lot, and you use it a lot with hard data, which you call quantitative data, literally numbers, ones and zeros. And when you put the two together, you get a real impressive picture on people's behavior and their way they do things. One thing that will come out in sentiment analysis very quickly is people's emotional response to a statement. And politics is one of these areas where political pundits use sentiment and sentiment style analysis all the time. I am fairly convinced that one of the reasons that President Trump was promoting the vax is it was having a negative effect on those take on those on pushing it forward. Meaning, every time that he said take the vax, a whole bunch of people went, "No way, Mr. President," and they walked away. And in so doing, as they walked away, they also said, "I won't. I'll still vote for you, but I absolutely oppose you on this." I can't prove this definitively other than if we heard it directly from President Trump. And as you know, I have a standing offer for him to come on this show or for me to interview him anytime. And I will respect him as the president as he is, but I will ask the hard questions and it's always open and he is welcome on this show. Just so I say it. So, the, the whole point here is that through sentiment analysis, you would understand very quickly if the message was affecting people one way or the other. What we can say is that by, out, by effect, where we look at the movement, there's a lot of people in MAGA who are still and remain defiant against the vax in spite of the president telling them to take it. And that tells me that that message was having a positive effect telling people to take it and the positive being that people weren't taking it. Now, this is another dark piece that I just need to point out. President Trump promotes or believes in vengeance. We can't have a republic that's run by people that are blind and obedient to a progressive, a progressive left strategy or ideology, rather. And here's just simple reality. We are in a state of war. And in fact, I would argue our state of war began under Obama. But what ends up happening here is that if you look at what's happened, those that took the vax, 95% of them were Democrats. And I think the true saturation on the Republican side is somewhere down to like 30%. That's a brutal reality of war. I'm not saying he did or didn't do that, but that is definitely a consequence. And it is one of these things that the progressive side has been obedient to taking it and the defiance, which is a true patriot spirit, and the only way you'll have a republic are those that were independent and republican. That, that can be proven statistically. So we, we, kinda, we continue forward here, and we have seen the rise of, in all of this, we've seen an immense rise of awakening of people having to face 
quite frankly, the challenges of what we're looking at, and there's been an amazing rise in getting involved in local communities, taking involved in local politics. All this has happened in the last two years. And if you, and this is the really where Biden has done more for this nation. And I hear me what I'm going to say, the hand puppet Joe Biden has done more to bring people to Christ and more to people waking up to the importance of being engaged in government than anything president Trump could have ever done. And that is a, true consequence of that because so many people still put their eyes on President Trump to fix this nation and under the hand puppet Biden people realize that no one's going to fix it for them and they get engaged and they take effect and they also have realized that this is much bigger than them as we've seen the nature and depth of this corruption and they've done the right thing which is to seek their relationship in Christ. Many and many many have come. We've also had the gift, which I consider God's gift, of shutting down and terminating these Satan-leveled worship churches that decided that they were going to give in to the vax and turn God off to their people and push their their congregations out. Every one of them deserved to be punished, and that was God's hand as far as I'm concerned, cleaning the table and shutting down the great American religious enterprise and giving space for the new faith and new church to rise up, which is really done by very different places like here on this channel. And it's given great growth to that. So within this, we've also seen some other chaotic things happen. And obviously we're in a pretty crazy state right now. We're in a state where we're getting a lot of threat for nuclear war because we have the Ukraine thing. If we've been following that, you know that Ukraine is really where the Nazi hub has always been. It's the Kazarian Mafia, also known as the Red Jews, also known as Khazars. But all of this war that's going on, nobody has a seat at the table, meaning people. This is all a war between elites. And all we can do is sit on the outside and we can just watch. And the biggest thing we have to do is to keep our faith in God. We're watching deaths happening right now as a consequence of this vax of about 4,000 a week. They're calling them unknown, or we're seeing mass, we're seeing these accelerations of cancers, blood clots, we're seeing heart attacks, all of this, and they're trying to mainstream this as the new normal. We know the cause of it, and we know the cause of the injection. It's not even a question. We also have some strange anomalies happening in the vax. If you've been paying attention to people that are dying suddenly, but as they do, they turn around, and it's like they're fighting off some evil demon. And that should be concerning to everybody. But it's hard to say how many people truly believe that. Now, there is a, I think that, you know, where we're arriving here in all of this is to appreciate that this war is much, much bigger than anything we've ever imagined. And with that, the only way we are going to get through it is our relationship in God. And that that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But I want to just give you kind of how far we've gone, because when we started this information and talking about the vax, it was kind of voodoo to a lot of people. I want you to hear this guy asking Alexa about graphene oxide. Alexa, is it possible for the graphene oxide in your body to be controlled by 5G towers? 
from NIH.gov. Surface oxidation of graphene oxide determines membrane damage, lipid peroxidation, and cytotoxicity in macrophages in a pulmonary toxicity model. From JewelWorldOrder.org, nanographene inside the cells is also making people extremely electrically conductive and paramagnetic while opening them up to remote access manipulation from wireless-slash-5G radiation by linking them up to cell towers and supercomputing AI. There you go. And that we know is happening and is part of the plan as far as I'm concerned. Because the one thing that's consistent is that no one is speaking about transhumanism at a political level. And when we take the both sides of this fight, which we do not have a table, a seat at the table of, what we're witnessing here literally is a fight that's going on between the elites. And so we're also start to seeing the repositioning of elites. Tulsi Gabbard is our latest, that she's bailed from the Democrat Party. I just need to remind you as, as we also go through all of this, Tulsi Gabbard is going to have some big effects on bringing people away from the Democrat Party, but... These are people that remain deep state puppets. And there's an eagerness in a lot of the Patriot movement, in particular the Q movement, to see all these things as like positives that were winning the war. White hats are in control. I'm going to say it like this. We have won the war in the long term, and I don't mean that from the standpoint of God. I mean us as God's children. But the war is literally in three phases. This is my assessment, my analysis, and I'll give it to you. The war began under President Obama. This was God's awakening of us. As we got President Obama to power, and I'm telling you, if you start to look at our presidents as God's gifts, you're going to see this very differently. Obama awoke many to the fact that the presidency was owned and was controlled by outside agents because suddenly there was an awareness that a president was put in place that was not an American citizen. And we saw an unbelievable rise of hatred in this country, which was unprecedented. And we started to see the development of the coup. And so even though a lot of the conservatives retracted back, they became they began to dig for information. And we saw a great rise of interest in looking at everything from chemtrails to vaccines, injuries, to the corruption in the government, to foreign wars and the relationship to policy and bankers. All of this was happening extensively, not that it wasn't there before, but a really big rise of that happened under Obama. Enter in phase two of the war, which what I would call the Trump-Biden era. President Trump comes to power and he does something very critical, which is he brings the people together, forces the media to show the crowds, to make people aware that you're not alone. That's a very critical piece. And he gave them the inspiration and rally point to understand that we are, is proud to be American. Remember, eight years of Obama, it was not, you weren't supposed to be proud to be an American. Under Trump, in a very short amount of time, he revived a lot of that. And he took defense of Christian faith, which was unheard of. And he moved to do a lot of policies. His, one of his main messages was the media is the enemy of the people. But in my opinion, they never expected Trump to win in 2020. I think that what they accomplished, which was so important, and what was accomplished is so many people were awakened and we saw so many people vote that it forced the deep state to have to use every resource possible to throw the election. And in the process, the truth was presented to us as to how deeply rigged the system is. One thing President Trump has been very consistent about is He's giving power back to the people. That should ring very deep with everybody's heart because that's truly how a republic has to work. 
and the responsibility always falls on us. My opinion, we are only in pregame in this phase right, of war right now. And by that, what is coming is going to be, I think, going to be pretty upsetting to a lot of people. I am not one clinging on to the idea that President Trump's going to sweep into office and fix everything. I think we're heading into likely a law of war scenario that where we're going to see martial law. I think that's likely of some form. But we have a what we have to come to a deep reality with is we are deeply corrupted and infected in this nation. And our military is deeply compromised. It's compromised both by commanders and part of that additional compromise that they're doing because we have a really critical thing to understand here. There is the president and there's the commander in chief. I'm still digging on the true, the deeper meanings of these, but I can give you kind of a framework. The president relates to the corporation of the United States of America. Joe Biden has been officially assigned as the president of the United States of America by the corporate handlers, which we were dealing with a corporate coup. Really important to understand. It was a corporate coup that we went through. Okay. And with that corporate coup, we now are dealing with the out the results of that corporate coup. Okay. Which is that there is no constitution. They have no interest in a constitution and they have only one interest, which is to keep the people under their thumb. Okay. On the other hand, we have a commander-in-chief, and the commander-in-chief goes back more towards the early Constitution. And the commander-in-chief at this point has a large percentage of the allegiance of the military. So one of the ways you degrade that is you bring in things like transgender pedophiles and emphasize the gay and lesbian sort of army. So take a listen to this one. And one more thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think um – more broadly, in terms of, you know, soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or, you know, demographics that are not widely represented in the Army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, but. First of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. I'm going to be blunt. It's going to irritate some people. I don't care. Women do not have any place in senior leadership in the military because this scam that she's putting on here is a woman talking to mothers of children that are in the military to make them feel comfy that their children can go in and no matter how they are or what they believe, they can get their weenie snipped. They can get a snip and tuck. They can turn into a damn furry and still fight for their country. This infuriates me. And this is part of the reflection of a military that has been broken. And this is where we've arrived. And it's something that's very important to understand. Our military is deeply compromised. There are likely a lot of deceptions that are going on within the military to protect certain elements within it. And that's more, not just likely, it's almost provable. 
But nonetheless, the main strategies in our military are more geared towards gender pronouns and addressing the LGBTQ nightmare and Luciferian hell that they want to bring within our military as they continue to try to push out faith and God as they're doing in our jails and as they're doing in our military to try to push God farther away. So all of this said is we are in phase two of the war, in my opinion. And this phase is going to be bumpy. And for those of you that are eager to about the military is the only way and you're going to have martial law and it's going to be global martial law and there's going to be a jubilee, folks, I'm just warning you, it is not going to come out that smooth. And if you, what we, when we arrive at that point, unfortunately, for that to happen, if that happens, if it does happen, it's going to be because we, the people, failed, not because they were too big. Our numbers are always on our side, but we have been unable to organize well enough to unite and to stand up to these people and to crush them as they should have been crushed. So we are likely ending up into a scenario where we are going to be pushed to the brink of civil war. This is my opinion, and I'm kind of giving you this as I frame this whole thing tonight. We are going to get to a pretty dark moment. This election coming up is going to be a clown show. If you think you're going to elect people because you're going to override the algorithm, I've got news for you. This is, this is controlled opposition stuff. You're going to get, you might see Beto win Texas. Don't, be, don't let that one shock you. And Abbott will grumble and bow out. You're going to see key players in here come in and they're, they're going to rig this election. And the idea that they're trying to show you is you are not living in a republic. You are living in a corporately owned and controlled tyranny. And there is no constitution. So with this, there will likely be, as we arrive to a point of clash, and it will likely happen. I'm not saying it will definitely, but it's likely because it's on the horizon. Because a lot of the reason they're having Trump rallies is to keep people tamped down so that you don't get excited and go to do real action in, in the world other than they want to keep you channeled to doing political change. Remember, we're the most well-armed country in the world and people are more than capable of overthrowing this government, but this government is no longer afraid of the people. And our Declaration of Independence gives us the duty to do just that. So you're, you're getting maneuvered a lot right now with these rallies and promises of the, of the election because they're keeping your mind busy and away from the real things, which are like death by vax, um, pillaging of our economy, the forcing of the CBD, CBDC upon you, and the blatant and complete violation of trust in our law enforcement and our military. Okay. So as we get through this next phase, I truly, I believe we're going to probably arrive at a point where people have just had enough. And that's where there is opportunity, if it's done right, for the military to step in. But this is my point. This military is not a military that's clear on who's at war or who's at, who's at fault. And the point that is important to realize is your military is going to step in if it steps in or if there is a form of martial law that calls on law enforcement to step in. Keep clear what this is saying to you. That in that moment of time, anything against the state is considered sedition or treason, which means that Antifa or a, or a patriot that's pro-constitution are considered equal threats because the role of the military is to protect the institution. That's how screwed up things have become. 
once we get through this phase, which I think is going to be a difficult phase, it's going to challenge people. We're going to have to be coming together. You're going to have to continue to arm yourself with the strength in faith, and I do mean that. Phase three of this war is where I truly think we take this back, and I don't know how long that's going to be. I'm not going to give you a timeline. It wouldn't surprise me if it takes five more years and maybe less. But when I say take it back, it's going to be taken back by the by the power of the people who are centered in Christ. And we will see the true dread champions of righteousness arise, and we will once again return to the world stage as a powerhouse led by God on the throne above us. But this whole nightmare, as we go through this, we are going to have to really face some hard truths. We have to have explanations on the vaxes, and people have to be held accountable for what they've done, and that means they also have to be given, there has to be justice delivered. We cannot brush under the rug anything. We cannot brush under the rug the treason by the FBI. We cannot brush under the rug the treason by our government. We cannot brush under the rug the the murder that's being done in these hospitals. Nobody escapes this. And that is the truth. And in the end, it's going to shake up the world and it's going to force the burden and the responsibility on all of us to be in front and speaking truth. I've told you this before and it's unpopular with many and that's too bad, but I take very seriously my responsibility in this nation to seek for truth. That means even if it's uncomfortable and challenging President Trump on his truth, on what he said about the vax, it has to be said. And that still is an anomaly. I can justify doing it, but nonetheless, there were consequences to the effect. And for soldiers that have obeyed an illegal order to take the vax or, or, or we have officers and out here obeying illegal orders to arrest people based on laws that are anti-constitutional, there is a consequence to that. This is going to affect every, if we do this as must be done in order to restore the, the republic, there is not a community in this nation that will not have trials of murder, treason, and sedition when we're done. Understand that. And that's kind of the big, like, gulping red pill everybody's going to have to face. Because that's where we are as a nation. We have gone that far off the rails, that far away. And this is exactly what happens when you take God out of a nation. And so our ultimate fight and where we will always pivot on, at least I will always pivot from, is our role, our responsibility, our duty is to cast off this demonic, despotic government and restore this nation back with God on the throne, Jesus in our heart, and unquestionably and undeniably establish that we are a Christian nation with leaders that fear God and understand that we are under God's rule and the people choose the leaders and the leaders are subordinate to the people. That's simple. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening and the ability to come together to speak some truths and to paint at least a, a broad sweeping picture of the complexities of the events and how they can weave together. And we're blessed as you've guided us through the story to at least give us a snapshot on all of the things that are going on. Father, we, we are in a place right now where we truly are seeking justice. And justice is also truth in heart and accountability for actions. And so in this time, we pray deeply for justice. We pray for our leadership in this nation that they will start to seek justice and seek truth through Christ. 
And Father, as we close this prayer tonight, we have specific prayers for President Trump, that he will become a praying and repenting president in Jesus so that he himself can lead this nation in a repenting prayer. As a nation, we have a lot of work to do to restore ourselves, our morality, and our loving you. And we will continue to fight for that and never bow. We pray for your guidance and your protection. And we pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus. And we say these things and amen. So, Patriots, a lot of work to do. I am, I have no fear of what's coming. I have no anxiety. I could care less if somebody's rattling the saber on nuclear war. I just need to be clear on something. When someone says there's going to be a nuclear war, I say, I'll give you three reasons why you should never worry about the fears of nuclear war. You can't control it, number one. Number two, you can't control it. Number three, you can't control it, so don't waste time on it. Put your eyes on Christ and charge forward. It's that simple. So it's all there. We should be walking fearlessly. Engage in your communities, continue to build the gardens, continue to empower homeschooling, continue to set up home churches, continue to seek right work that aligns with our love in Jesus, continue to take care of your health and wellness through what we grow and eat and how we exercise, continue to stay informed and continue to expand your knowledge and continue to be good stewards of what God gives us. That's fairly simple as a plan that every community should be focused on at high speed. And with that, we will get through this amazingly well. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising 
that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 